Welcome to the Kipro Change Cars podcast, proudly brought to you by Change Cars, South Africa's most trusted online car buying platform. This is the second episode of the podcast, and we've got a very special person in the studio. We are talking all matters vehicle financing. We've got Dean Govinda, um, who's head of dealer relations in Gauteng for APSA. Now, Dean, Change Cars views APSA as the best financial institution for car financing. That's us, standard. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming through. We've also got uh, Michael Pursuit, owner of Change Cars. Michael, are you well? Always good. Lovely to be here. Super happy to uh, interview Dean, answer some questions. Yeah. Most importantly, I'm here to learn. I love every time I get a question, mm. the thing I take the most out of it is I learn. I promise you. I look at the question sometimes, I think, I don't know the answer. <laughs> That's why we've got the expert. That's why we've got the expert. We're going to learn a lot today. Dean, thank you so much. So the first question is from Rajin. He's from Belito. Now, Rajin is looking to buy a brand new vehicle in the 350,000 Rand mark and ideally doesn't want to put down a deposit for that car. Um, he indicates that he could afford a vehicle up to 545,000 based on Prime Plus 2 on his current salary, but he doesn't want to be squeezed. He doesn't want to stretch it that far. So his question is, he wants to know if he should ideally finance a vehicle over 72 months with no residual or 60 months and take a small 15% residual. Dean, you are the expert here. What would you say? Yeah, thank you. This is a good question from Rajan. So I think the first thing, uh, listening to Rajan's question is, he's not looking to overstretch himself. Not he at qualifies all. for 545,000. Correct. But he's saying, okay, let me go lower. So mm. I think the simple... Is that the smart way to go, That's by the, the way. smart way to go. Because, I mean, if you look at the current uh, economy that we're currently in, uh, an upward interest rate cycle, we're seeing uh, interest rates tick up every quarter. We're probably in for another interest rate hike uh, this month. So have a buffer. Mm. Uh, have, have options. Because uh, we find that a lot of customers are very, very borderline. And as soon as the interest rate ticks up, they find themselves in financial difficulty. Mm. So Rajan, good choice, right? I, I support that thinking. Mm. Is it fair to say what his outlook is rare? Most people say, I can afford 545, I'm going for max, we'll deal with the challenges later. This is rare. He's coming in close on 200,000 less than he can afford. Mm. That's around 4,500 rand, which mm. is huge. No, so as I said, you know, yeah. perfect approach to managing his finances. I suppose, you know, from a banking perspective, my initial thoughts would, would be to say definitely no residual, mm. right? But I think you mentioned that Rajan had two options. Two options. 72 months or, or 60. 60 months, but definitely no deposit. Mm. So the if he went over 72 months, he he would have to, obviously he said he's not putting down a deposit, he would actually pay a higher interest over the period, right? So 72 months. So if you got 72 interest, months, he pays a higher interest rate. Yeah, over the period of the term because yeah. we, we're calculating it on the capital outstanding. Yes. But if he went for 60 months with a 15% residual, his installment's going to be higher. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring down that capital amount much quicker. Over the period of the loan, he would pay less interest, though there's a catch. He's going to be left with a residual value at the end of term. What does he do? He could either, if he has cash, he could settle that at the end mm-hmm. of the term, but you've got to have cash available. Alternatively, there's an option to refinance through another vehicle and asset finance. So, so Dean, let's talk about residual. Those yes. who don't understand, yeah. what is that and how does that affect you as a buyer? 
So basically, with a residual, commonly also called a balloon. Balloon payment, right? yeah. Balloon payment. Mm. So if people want to reduce their installments, they take a, a residual value and banks could potentially go up to residuals of up to, let's say, 40%. Depending mm-hmm. on the on the model of the of the vehicle, newer models, higher residuals of balloons, older models, lower residuals of balloons, right? So what you do is if people want to reduce their installment, they add a balloon to the payment. And what we do as a bank, we actually charge you interest on the on residual value and the capital remains at the end. Right. So that's why I say there's the catch. There's a catch. Because at the end, what do I do? Do I have money to settle? Do I refinance? Do I take out a personal loan, unsecured lending at a higher interest rate and end up paying more, right? The other thing to consider is, depending on the term, 72 months for mm. Rajan or 60 months in, in if you had to go with a balloon, that car depreciates. Yeah. What's it going to be worth after 60 or 72 months? Something very, very important to consider. But it also depends on the make and model that you buy. Ah. Some of them depreciate quicker. Well, Rajin indicated to us that he always keeps a car for the final for the term. term. Yeah. What I must say, I find most people say that, but they don't want to keep a car for five or six years. Myself, I've always been anti-residual, but mm-hmm. I said to you, I have learned something today. My advice to Rajin, mm-hmm. definitely go 72 months. If even if he can pay extra, yeah. pay in extra, do the banks frown upon? And again, this is a very fair question. Do banks frown upon extra being paid in or is it welcomed, reducing their risk at all times? What is the feeling there, Dean? So no, definitely not frowned upon. And I mean, I, people don't realize how, how open banks are to communicating with their customers. People should call in, they should ask, ask questions, understand their options. So if Rajan came across a lump sum, a bonus. Period, a bonus, mm. or perhaps an inheritance, who knows. And he decided to put it into the deal. He could, he could ask the bank to restructure that deal, either reduce the payments uh, over, a, over a period or uh, reduce the capital. Uh, so what happens then? He'd pay less interest over the term. He could go pay this, this loan off much quicker. So, I mean, any... Anytime and any customer that asks, I would always advise, if you have questions, speak to your bank. Talk to the bank. Talk to us, please. Mm. We we love it. We want to help customers. And especially, as I said earlier, in these difficult times, talk to us more. Uh, We gear it up for conversation. Mm. We really want to help you uh, be uh, financially free, viable, Mm. and um, not find yourself in in any sort of financial difficulty. It's completely in the bank's interest to mm. have, number one, a happy customer, obviously, mm. but a customer that's not under stress or under duress, it's just completely in your interest. I think people realize that. Hey? People fear the bank. People fear talking to the bank. So I think it's a good, it's a good lesson for everyone listening. Speak to, you, to your banker and see what your options are, figure it out from there. So I think also with, with residuals or balloons, mm. uh, if you're a very disciplined individual and you're going to commit to to reducing capital, if you know you're going to get a bonus or whatever the case may be, you can structure your payments. People use balloons or residual values to improve cash flow over a period yes. of time. But for me, the discipline piece is absolutely critical. Mm. But something that you raised, I think it's very interesting. 
The decision to take a residual or not is dependent on the type of car. Certain cars are known to have a high resale value. If you've got a 10 or 15% residual on a Toyota Fortuner, a Toyota Hilux, a Ford Ranger, excellent car that's got a lovely resale value, no problem at the end of the day, you refinance it, your car's still worth way more mm. than what you owe. Use a Renault Clio as an example. You don't want to be refinancing 30% of the original value on a Renault Clio when your car is worth 25% of the original value. So just an example there. And I think that's a very, very valid point. What type of car? What type of car? Consider that first. What I like always when a mm -hmm. customer or a client or a viewer asks a question, we give them more answers than they actually need. I think Rajin's going to write to us. You <laughs> give me four good. answers now. Help me choose. That's <laughs> no, good because we're helping more than just Rajin, right? Correct. Need advice? Visit changecars.co.za and click on the Keep It or Change Cars tab. So our next question come, comes from Kolani um, in Baklu. So Kolani says he's aware of two people that have run into financial difficulty and are now two months in arrears on their car finance, right? He's indicated that both cases, a deposit um, in excess of 100,000 rand has been put down and uh, the amount owing in total is way less than what the car is worth. What would we advise them to do? Michael, what's your take? Honestly, sell as quick as possible. Have no issues. You go to any motor dealer. We're just using thumbsuck figures here. Mm. The car's worth 300,000 Rand. You owe 240,000. You've clearly got financial problems. Mm. Take the 60,000 Rand that you've got. Don't have a bad credit record with a bank. Settle the bank. They won't come calling. You don't have that angst. What happens is, three, four, five months, that extra value that's been built up mm. very quickly gets eroded because the bank keeps debiting you whether you pay or you don't pay. If your installment is 6,000 Rand, you don't pay it at 6,000 plus interest. Then the legal fees, and rightly so, banks have to engage legal mm. if they're not getting their money. My advice, and I don't know if you agree with me, the moment you run into a financial situation, get shot of that car as quick as possible, Keep your credit record. You will get back on your feet. Please, God. But don't take the right advice. It's going to get worse. Your car's going to be worth less than what you mm -hmm. owe. And then you've got a no-win situation. I don't think he needs to answer that. I've answered that perfectly, guys. <laughs> no, but, uh, but perhaps I've, I have a, a different angle yeah, to yeah. this. So, I mean, definitely good advice, Michael. I mean, the, 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 the customers in question um, should have actually approached their bank way in advance. Mm. They're already two months in arrears. Yeah. Interest has accrued, they've missed two payments, they're actually losing out on that deposit that they put in, oh. right? But the awesome thing is they have this opportunity because the 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 debt is actually much lower than the car is worth, right? right? The outstanding, the outstanding, yeah. correct. Mm. His so, outstanding balance mm. is way less yeah. than what the car is worth. That's mm. why I said the car is an asset. It's not yeah. a liability. Yeah. A car is one of two. It's either an asset or a liability. Mm. You owe 200 and your car is worth 100,000. It's a liability. Mm. Other way around, your car is worth 200,000. You owe 100,000. You've got an asset. He's got an asset. And this is a very, very valid question because mm. I can tell you now, Google, lots of people are in the situation yeah. daily. They leave it too long. Some miracles gonna happen. Miracles don't happen. Miracles don't happen. Only decisive action solves problems. So as quickly as possible, before you're in trouble, you would say? Yeah, before you're in trouble, get in touch with your yeah. bank. But also understand, uh, I mean, depends on the, the use of that vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have the detail on, Correct. on the clients concerned, but are they using it for work? Do they need it to travel and earn money, mm. right? 
uh, is there a good public transport system if they get rid of that car? So the bank will offer options. And I mean, you could go to a motor dealer, you could trade it in, oh. you could settle your debt and have cash in your pocket, which is always good. Mm. And then rethink about, rethink your finances and decide whether you're going to refinance or use public transport, as I said. But I think the recurring theme here, when we're talking about banks, banks are approachable. Banks want to help. It's in your interest mm. to help the customer. It's not in your interest to have cars building up in your repo yard. Oh. No bank wants that in their repo yard. So speak to the bank. Speak to the bank. I think there is a solution. Yeah. We'll learn something new every day. I learned something new today. I didn't know any of this. Change Cars proudly endorses Apps of Vehicle Finance for your dream car. The next one is from Anastasia. Um, she's a young lady who's just qualified as a lawyer and is earning a very de decent salary, she says. Now, her question is, how will the bank view her application for car finance um, as she's a first-time car buyer and she's only 26? Negative or positive as a bank for someone like her? So I think what's in her favor, she's a professional, yeah. right? Though... Uh, she may have a very thin credit bureau record likely. and very, very likely. We don't know the detail once again, but I mean, as a bank, we look at two things when we actually score credit for vehicle and asset finance. We look at the asset that the customer is purchasing and we look at their credit bureau history, their payment oh. records. Mm. I would assume that the, in this case, the credit bureau record is fairly thin, Right. But what counts in her favor is the fact that she's a professional and lots of banks, in fact, all of them in South Africa, has, have options for professionals because we know there's sustainability of income. It would be easy for, for the client to, to either start her own business or walk into a job as a professional. So um, the ability to, to earn income is always there and mm. banks look at those things. So, uh, I mean, without having a lot of detail, I would say that her chances of financing are pretty good, but it all depends on, on how we score that application. In terms of age, now it's interesting, I must say, I don't think of 26 as young. When I think of, and again, I'm not being condescending, 26, clearly uh, been adversity for many years, well done to her for qualifying. 19, 20, 21, I consider a youngster. Mm -hmm. 26, is that young for a bank? No, it's not young. So, I mean... I was 26 you, a few years ago. Yeah, well, I think we all were. So, so if you think about it, a three-year degree, uh, you get out of university, you're probably 21, you're the first jobber. Mm -hmm. We definitely do finance those clients, right? So uh, there's definitely an opportunity to finance a vehicle. We also do understand that people need to be mobile. Mm. Right, and being an, a lawyer, you probably have to travel from place to place. Mm. So, and I mean, we in the business of financing, we look for opportunities to make people mobile. Now, something interesting, just a question for me. So I've been in the motor trade. This is my 32nd year. I know in the old days when we used to deal with uh, episodes used to be called Bankfin. Is it still a big advantage for a client to approach the bank they bank with? As Absa Vehicle Finance, do you look differently at a customer who banks with you? Would it be advantageous? Most definitely. So if you if you bank with, with Absa, for, for, for example, and you have a transactional account, you may have a savings or investment account, it will definitely count in your favor. And is that because it's a garner a history on the client yes. or just because you feel the client's loyal to you or combination so, of? So we have more history, definitely. So if, if a client doesn't bank with me, I may not know how, unless it's on the bureau, 
uh, I may not know how a, a credit card is conducted, sure. a home mm-hmm. loan. We generally also don't see information on transactional accounts, right? Okay. And I mean, um, you could have, uh, unless we look at the statements from, mm. from the competitor bank, we not, may not have a view of, of whether there's a dishonest on record or oh, sure. excesses, et cetera, et cetera. So there is, there is an advantage, especially... If you are a professional and you have a relationship with a bank who offers a a young professional offering, they they do look at you favorably because there's there's value propositions built mm. for these type of clients. And I think what is key here for Anastasia and mm-hmm. all people listening is there are so many little nuances, nuances that you can control. Mm-hmm. Good credit record at all times. I always tell people, your credit record is like your face. It will come back to reward you or to punish you. And what I mean by that is, look after your body, look after your health, it's important. Your credit record, fair to say, from a bank's perspective, is key. Michael, I, I couldn't have actually summed it up any better than what you've said, right? Uh, you gotta, it's so important in terms of getting access to credit, uh, to keep your credit bureau, your payment profile clean. Absolutely. And, and I think people generally, uh, they, they make the mistake of not managing it well. Mm. And that's why I'm going to have to go back again, talk to your financial institution, ask for advice, make payment 100%. arrangements. We're here to help. I mean, we don't want to see clients go down the, lo- yeah. the wrong road. No, client foresees that he's going to go into arrears. His payment is 4,000 rand. Instead of missing 4,000 rand, have the debit order returned. Approach the bank, say, for the next four months, I'm going to have a challenge. Mm-hmm. I can pay 2,000. That is far better than saying, okay, well, the bank's not going to have some me for two or three months. And that's what you're saying. Talk, Talk to, to the, the bank. bank. There is a solution. A bank is like a parent. Mm. They will guide you. I mean mm. it. I really do believe that. They'll guide you on what's needed. Look, I appreciate APSA as well, personally. Um, Qua Finance, personally, APSA was the bank to help. The bond as well. Of all the banks, APSA was the bank to say, hey, we'll help you, lad. So, perfect. Once SA's leading insurance, visit changequas.co.za and click on the discovery logo. The next one is from um, Jürgen. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Jürgen. Jürgen. This one is, is more for you, Dean, um, our financial expert from APSA. So Jürgen is from Germany, and he's called South Africa home for many years, since 1994. Now, he has his eye on a stunning 1996 Ferrari 355, um, but it's going for an eye watering 2.7 million rand. It's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the car itself has 37,000 kilometers on it and is in good condition. It's as, it's as good as the day it left the factory. And he indicates that he can put down a deposit of a million rand. Uh, yeah, the question is for you, Dean. Will the bank finance a classic car that old? Yeah, wow, beautiful car. With I that mean, kind of really, deposit, of yeah, course. So and we rather focus on just the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Study car, I'm still, I'm still trying to get <laughs> that out of my head. No, so, so classic, beautiful. beautiful car, classic. Yeah. Um, once again, I mean, this type of client, if he has a good relationship with, with his bank, mm. it does make a difference. If he's got a long, long history, because it's, it's, it's an old car. It's a classic. You're not going to readily find values on these cars, right? Yeah. There's a limited market. Correct. Mm. It's pure supply and demand. Mm. If, if for hypothetically, if we're to repossess it, in a worst case scenario, uh, 
would there be a, a demand in the market to pay uh, what he financed it for? Mm. But he's got a deposit, which yeah. really, really does help, right? So you're creating equity in that vehicle. Correct. So uh, it would all depend. We do have definitely do look at financing classics. It depends on, on the car itself. It depends on the client. It depends on their credit profile, mm -hmm. the ability to generate income in the future. Okay. Because, uh, as I said earlier, if we have to repo, I'm not going to be able to get rid of that car fairly mm. easily. There's not a huge market that buys that type of asset. So I'm going to wear two hats here. I'm going to be Jürgen to start. Jürgen, mm. if you can't get finance, sell your house <laughs> and buy the car cash. Okay, Rent is a wonderful thing, but on a serious note, yeah. certain cars are constantly going up in value. A Ferrari is genuinely dictated, the value of that car, by the Rand dollar exchange rate. It's just getting more and more valuable. There's always less in the world. Every year, the odd one gets stolen, gets written off. So that kind of car, from a financial institution point of view, or a customer, remember, when you're financing a car for five years, it's got to be at that level, in my opinion, an appreciating asset. Mm. You go buy a 25-year-old Mercedes. That is no, not a classic just yet. It's not the same thing. That car is not appreciating in value. I'm saying to the listeners, mm. don't think about financing that car. You're going to finance something, a nice Porsche 911, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, certain Maseratis. It's got to be the right car. But it's just interesting to know that the bank will consider it. And what you're saying there is it's more client-dependent than vehicle-dependent. And perhaps if I could elaborate, Michael, because... Um we, as I, I alluded to earlier, we, we score the article, the asset, and the customer. With this type of car, there's no information on, on TransUnion or well, Lightstone. So it's case-by-case. Case, it's on a case-by-case case basis. Mm. We'll have to go and assess what these assets sell for in the market, understand mm. whether we have the appetite to take on the risk, look at the client. But in this case, is, as you said, Michael, we're going to look towards the customer more, more so than sure. the vehicle. But now just as a layman, just... Purely uh, a question. When you say, will a car like that be evaluated physically? Will you have somebody at the bank that will go, or would you ask a reputable dealer to evaluate it for you? Yeah, so we would generally not do it ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we, we're a, a high-volume, low-margin business, and uh, we don't have the resources to go out and do valuation. So we'll test the market. We'll probably go to a Ferrari dealer or an exotics dealer. Yes and say, what is your view on this vehicle? What would you sell it for? Uh, is there a demand in the market? We'll get a sense of, of what the market will, will pay for that vehicle in a worst case scenario. What is incredible is what is happening in the classic car market. The amount of vehicles that are leaving South Africa, I mean, obviously, left-hand drive, go to Europe, right-hand drive, go to uh, New Zealand, Australia, but it's one thing, value, gang up, Jürgen, I can't repeat enough. Just buy that car and Sell send us house. a photo. Sell the house and buy the car. Buy the, buy yeah. the financing. Now, Dean, for me, it's interesting to, to hear what you've said about that because I think there's this perception that banks don't finance cars older than 10 years old. Um, and I think people are learning something new. I, I had an idea that you guys do finance cars slightly older, but I didn't know the terms, conditions, and what you guys look at. So what I'm understanding is you can go as far back as you want doesn't have to be 10, 12, or the cap is not at 15 years. It's just on a case-by-case. Case. So generally, your, your high-volume vehicles in the market, we would 
finance most of them probably up to 10 to 15 years. Depends, depending on the yeah. make and model again, right? Mm. A vehicle like a Toyota Hilux, Toyota Fortuna, where the value is totally not in line with the book value. Book value is X, that car's worth triple X. You happy to finance it 8, 10, 12 years old? Yes, definitely. I mean, we do go to those terms mm. uh, in terms of um, uh, the age of the vehicle. But obviously, we look at the risk, mm. uh, as we said earlier. Of course. Uh, what's that vehicle potentially going to be worth once the finance term is up? Uh, what can you sell it for? Uh, so it's all risk dependent, really. Mm. And uh, I think, you know, if you look at the market over the last 24 months post-COVID, uh, there was a huge demand for used because there was no new stock in Very the market. True. It drove prices up. The prices dealers were stratospheric. They were yeah. stratospheric. And dealers were selling older models. Clients were keen to buy older models. Yeah. Some of these older models had low mileage because they weren't being driven around. You couldn't go anywhere during COVID. People didn't commute to work. Mm. So um, there was a demand and people were willing to pay more for these assets. But I think subsequent to that, we'll see, we've seen a shift in Things the market. Things are changing. There's a change. Those prices oh. they've corrected. There are a number of clients who are overpaid for those vehicles. So you need to be careful. I mean, especially from a bank's perspective, you need to be prudent mm. because if that client wants to get out of that car now in 2023, it's going to be difficult yeah. for the price they paid. Correct. But now what's interesting, I said to you, I'm always looking to learn. Mm. For our listeners, for those tuning in, if you're looking to finance an old car, my advice to you, the key, not the age of the car, is a mileage. Mm. An eight-year-old car with 220,000 kilos, don't even consider it, walk away. An eight-year-old car with 60, 70, 80,000 Ks, and they are around, you can finance that car with your eyes closed because that car's got the equivalent of a three or four-year-old car, it's mileage. Mm. The fact that it's eight years old, age doesn't kill a car, only mileage hurts a car. So does a deposit make a difference, Dean, if, if a person's putting down a deposit, a substantial one? Do their chances of getting finance for an older car increase? Most definitely. So we cash is king. Cash, Google, is, cash king. is king. We obviously work on retail and trade mm. values, and you'll find that uh, some of these cars, from an equity perspective, the loan to value that we finance is much higher than the actual retail value of that asset. So if a client has cash and he finds that low mileage uh, asset that's in absolutely good condition. Makes sense to buy it. Mm. We may not necessarily finance the full value. Sure. So you have a deposit. You mm. can get an awesome car that's uh, going to last you for a very long time. That's in good condition. I would assume that it's been uh, well maintained. It's been serviced. That's probably going to be a good buy. But what's interesting, yeah. Gugu, anytime, and again, this is my view and my experience, when a customer puts down a deposit, it just shows he's got interest in that car. He's got skin if in the I, game. He's got skin in the game. If yeah. I've got 30% deposit in that uh, vehicle, trust me, I'm going to pay You're it off. It. If yeah. I've got nothing to lose, I'm not yeah. generalizing, but some people say, you know what, the bank takes my car away, I'll deal mm. with it. A deposit, I personally believe, and again, I don't think the, all the banks will agree with me, a deposit should be mandatory. A 75% deposit, nothing 75. major. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely good advice, Michael. I mean, it's, it's generally a depreciating asset, right? And if you put skin in the game, you, mm. put a, you put a deposit down, and if you run into financial difficulty, like our earlier caller, you have options. Correct. You have options. Cor correct. Awesome. You learn something new every day at the Keep It or Change Cars podcast. Looking to buy a new or used car? 
visit changecars.co.za. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Dean, wisdom for days. Michael, walking encyclopedia. I always call you that. <laughs> thank you guys for your time. And if you have any questions, queries, correlated insurance, whatever it is, email us at podcast at changecars.co.za and our guests will answer anything. For South Africa's best motoring content, catch all things motoring on Ignition TV, DSTV Channel 189. Premieres Saturdays midday with repeats throughout the week.